Hey, so uh, this is going to be one of our first more serious episodes. Um, today we're we're talking about our faith. Uh, with Easter coming up, uh, we figured that this would be a, a good topic uh, for this episode. Uh, so if there's anything that you want to reach out to us about, if you have any questions or comments, um, please feel free to, to shoot us a message. Um, we would we would love to hear from you. Um, we'd love to engage with 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 you guys if if there's anything that you want to talk to us about. Um, that all being said, happy Easter, um, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, welcome, faithful listeners, to A Foolish Endeavor, Episode 2, Season 2. Today, we're here with the boys, we're chilling, we're talking, we're eating pizza. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. It's a good Wednesday. It is a good Wednesday. All right, gents, so uh, beings that... You know, it's almost Easter, and this will be dropping right before Easter. Um, I was already kind of kicking around this topic and now participating in a Bible study that I'm doing at the church and just been feeling more and more led to bring up uh, as one of our great youth leaders, as kids would say, let's talk about the F word tonight. Let's talk about faith. <laughs> and uh, let's let some people know about our spiritual sides and kind of our personal beliefs and such. <laughs> So in prep for this, uh, I was trying to think about some passages that I've read in the past and things that have just stood out to me. Uh, I guess before I start, do you guys have any that stick out to you? Mm. Let me pull up my Bible app. All right. Well, let me go I've, ahead. Oh, go ahead, Chad. Sorry. sorry. I've been a fan of Romans 12. Specific verse number I don't remember. Okay. Um. But it's uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, yeah, like not not following in the ways of the world. I like that one. That's what is it? One. Conform. Conform. Hold on. Um, I thought my, I had it memorized. <laughs> my f- one of my ones that um, I've always resonated with a lot in my life is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which is very popular. Mm-hmm. It's the f- for for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future it's uh kind of something I've always leaned on whenever I'm like feeling like I don't know what I'm doing in my life or like I don't know if I'm making the right decisions um it kind of just reminds me that like my life is in his hands and not in my hands and I've, I've always been pulled out of whatever darkness I'm in and brought back into the light so that's a good one yeah one that uh, one of my favorites, and I guess one of the ones that I've always tried to like go with, so to speak, is uh, James two seventeen. Um, it reads, "If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead." Yeah. So I think that's always been one that's like 
really stuck out to me and stuff like that, especially in like today's culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see like people who will do good deeds, but they're only doing it because they're like making a YouTube video of them doing a good deed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like, uh, what, like, what's the, um, basically if you're not, if you feel like you're stuck in your life, if you at least do something for God, for the Lord, for your church, that gives you a sense of purpose that mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not just doing life for nothing. I'm doing life for something. Mm-hmm. Yep. And selfishly almost that feeling of, uh, helping somebody just for the sake of helping somebody mm-hmm. trying, you know, make it, making the world a little Altruism. bit better. It's just, it's awesome. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. I think, uh, something that my dad's always said that's like stood out to me was, um, cause he like partook in like Bible studies and stuff like that. Whenever he lived down in Virginia. And one of the things he said that it's our duty to water the seeds and plant the seeds, but you know, we're not worthy enough to see those seeds grow. Right. That like, it's our job to plant seeds and to water them and just hope that they grow. And hopefully that seed will grow into something that will then keep on doing that and have a snowball effect. Yeah. And it's not, it's not our harvest. It's his. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. So something that has uh, always resonated with me is um, Isaiah 41, 10, uh, I get anxious a lot and I worry a lot. So uh, Isaiah forty one ten says, uh, "Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand." That's something I, I've always leaned on in my life. Mm-hmm. Whether I get uh, anxious or nervous or I'm afraid, um, I just think back to that and take a deep breath and. Uh, know that he's right there with me and walk me through mm-hmm. whatever I'm going through. Yeah. It's comforting sure. to know that you're never alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, I really like Philippians 4.13, which is a classic. Mm-hmm. Just, I can do all things through Christ who, who strengthens me. Yep. It's a good, like, good reminder. Like, whenever I'm just going through the grit, you know, going through work, when I don't feel like I want to be there or I'm not making a difference or if you know i have family problems friend problems mm-hmm. just yeah it's a good reminder that yeah. he he is always there and he's he's the one that's giving me the strength to go on every day right yeah i'm with you there um another one i had written down um so in prep for this you know i try to take some notes and stuff like that and it's really thinking about it <coughs> and so i was going through my computer just for like some old files and stuff like that uh, from whenever I was like the leader of crew at Penn State and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I had yeah. a bunch of different things I had written down over the years. And then I came across uh, my speech that I did senior year of high school at baccalaureate. And this one just, uh, I hadn't read this one in a while and I hadn't thought about it for a while. So I think that's maybe why it resonated a little bit more. <clears throat> so it kind of combines a couple thoughts here, but the main overall. Uh, passage is from Ezekiel chapter 37. It's when God tells Ezekiel prophesy to dry bones. And when he does, God says, I will give breath to you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Um, To me, like, it's cool because you can think about it because it's interpreted in a bunch of different ways. 
Um, I've heard a bunch of different ways it's interpreted. But one of the ways that I've always looked at it, and I thought that was it was neat to reread this and kind of see like how even uh, much younger myself had a pretty cool grasp on how yeah. awesome God is. Um, <clears throat> I had wrote, how I look at this is before we accept Christ into our hearts, our life is dry and needs to be replenished and by things. And sometimes those things aren't positive. But when we mm-hmm. finally accept that him, finally accept him and he breathes his life into us, we are eternally replenished. Not only that, but he gives us a suit of armor later on. And because of it, it's not easy, and he's protecting us through all of our endeavors, even if they may be foolish ones like this one. But he's always protecting us. So he gives us life. He gives us breath. He gives us skin. But then not only does he give us that, but then he also gives us a suit of armor to protect what he's already given us. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, the armor of God is just awesome. That that whole section of the Bible is just Mm -hmm. crazy. Like the sword of, is it the, wait, it's... Is a sort of sort uh, of the spirit, yeah, shield, shield of, of faith. Spirit. What's the breastplate? Right, breastplate. Yeah, breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate. Um. Helmet of salvation. Yeah. Um. Oh, what are the other ones? I feel belt really of bad. truth, and shoes of the spirit. I don't think. Uh, is it shoes? Or not? Not not of the shoes spirit. of peace. Yeah, shoes peace. of peace. There we go. We just we had uh, uh, night themed VBS last year, and that was in one of the songs. So if I didn't remember that, <laughs> Dude. man, shame on me. <laughs> Mandy would be so sad. <laughs> there was one VBS that did the the love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness, goodness, and self control, and that's that like locked that in for me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what those are? The fruits of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Yeah. Which one was that? Which VBS was that? That was that was this was this is the first time that I was like a leader. So, oh, so like, I would have been like partaking in yeah. VBS then. Uh huh. It was like a long time ago. I remember getting yelled at as a craft helper that year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> I I did too. I think. I think What'd it was. I think do? it was both of us. <laughs> we were supposed to make one so that we knew how to do it to help the kids. And there were supposed to be, like, bracelets or something. Yeah, I forget what it was. And whatever it was, I made mine really long. And she's like, what are you doing? You're wasting material. <laughs> Gave yeah. me the finger wag, and then I was like, oh. "Yeah, who's the that. leader? I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that the year that, was it me, you, and uh, Dimitri Vega were probably playing, playing baseball outside? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, that. that was fun. It was one of those first two years. Sixth or seventh grade. I don't remember which. Which was the one that we were playing, uh, playing or we were in charge of games outside. That was Saddle Ridge I think Ranch. it was both of those. Saddle Ridge, that's Because it, that was the Ridge. first year I helped. Yeah. But I wasn't like that was fun. a part of helping you guys with that. I was working in kitchen and like running stuff back and forth to biz. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, so I have another conversation piece here. This one's a little bit more open-ended and such. Um, So this is what we talked about at Bible study on Sunday. Uh, One thing we talked about is who brought you to faith slash church and who seemed to have a large part in your religious journey. Hmm. 
So I'll give you guys some well, time to think about that. Other than my parents, who uh, yeah, started taking start. me to church when I was younger, um, my man Jake over here played a big role Nice in uh, me getting a little bit more involved with Chippewa United Methodist. Uh, when did I start going with you for those youth group things? Uh, would have been your junior year. My sophomore year, like yeah. So that's when we actually like started playing baseball together. Mm-hmm. So that's when that would have kicked off. Yeah, that that made a big difference for me. Nice having a friend in the church. Uh, so we were changing churches at the time, and uh, really coming in somewhere I I, I didn't know anybody, and uh, started playing baseball with Jake and. Kind of brought me in. Nice, nice. My I grew up a little. Oh, I'm sorry, Alex. That's okay. <laughs> I, was, I, I was figuring we should go around the circle. I was only you know. cutting in because I have a similar my for it. my experience is similar to Dom's, uh, except I grew up a little Catholic boy. Oh yeah, and I know a, a rebellious Catholic boy, and I didn't I didn't pretty much care for church. And then Alex got me. Yeah. Uh, you the first thing you invited me to was a Saturday night service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I remember this distinctly because your you and your dad picked me up. We stopped at the gas station, and I got a vanilla Pepsi. You know all the specifics. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's like, those Can are darn good again, Pepsi. <laughs> what? Can you say that again, please? The specifics. <laughs> what? Am I saying it wrong? No, not at all. Okay. No, I just perfect. love the way you say it. <laughs> um, but I remember sitting there waiting for your dad to come back out of the the door. The, yeah, the part where you go into the door. Uh, and wait, into the gas guys, station? Is that yeah. what you're referring to? Yeah, okay. like the the the. Part the, that you're the not store pumping part? gas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you just say into the gas station yeah, and not at the pump. Well, no, like, like the gas station is the whole thing. So the. But I think it say, is implied when you say, well, I went into the gas inside. station. Yeah, I say, like, no, wait, went thought, to the gas pump. Oh, wait. <laughs> went into the gas pump? <laughs> <laughs> you went into the gas tanks, like, like <laughs> under the ground. Yeah. yeah. You went, like, <laughs> the gas pumps inside the gas station is in. You know, okay, yeah. Okay. So he was in there getting things and then. Before you okay. came out, we were sitting there watching these. I don't know how many people were in the van in front of us, but they were enjoying their music so much that the whole van was sitting there rocking the whole time. You how? That's great. <laughs> that, and that then you remember this? We were still early to church, so we played horse in the back parking lot. We did. Yeah. What kind of? Wait. What kind of horse? You know, basketball. Oh. The game horse. Wow. The game that I always lose at because. I am bad at sports. Short, white. Yep. Well, that too. <laughs> but yeah. nice, though. Yeah. And then after that, it was VBS. And then after that, the Bible study. Yeah. Well, and what your mom and I talked about on Sunday was we would pick you up for Sundays to come to church with us, too, after a while, too. Like, yeah. Once Chad was going to, like, youth group and everything like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Bonnie, once... Once he was confirmed and everything like that, he was allowed to start coming to church with us. Well, yeah. uh, because I had a huge fight with my mom. I was going to say, I felt like they were like, oh. Oh, when, so I had, was it eighth grade Sunday school? Uh, and the Catholic church is confirmation class. Yeah. 
So all school year, that's what that was. And around February, um, the the teacher said that it was about joining the church. And I was like, well, no, <laughs> not doing that. And yeah, my mom and I got into a big fight. And she went to go pick up my brother from his Sunday school class, which was after the 11 o'clock service. And my dad and I talked it out. And the deal was that if I went through with confirmation, I could go to any other church that I wanted as long as I went to church on Sunday. Hmm. So I went for about a year, uh, maybe a little bit more than that, by myself. Sat with you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Members of the church thought that I was Jess's boyfriend, which (laughs) is hysterical. (laughs) That's funny. And... She just had to constantly tell people, no, that's my cousin. Specifically Doris Hayward. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The sweet old lady who's like, Jess, your boyfriend's so nice. And she's like, that's my cousin. (laughs) Kissing cousin. Uh, Yeah. You have to tell her that every week. Dude, seriously, we (laughs) did. But honestly, though, like, so Doris had this little black book, and she would send Christmas cards to every single person that she would see at those services. She'd get your name and she'd get your address. She'd send you prayer cards. She'd send you, you know, Christmas cards, everything. She was awesome. And then awesome. talking about like how small of a world it is, end up playing Pony League baseball, find out that she's the aunt to my head baseball coach. Then she ends up coming over to our house to get her Christmas card taken because she always liked my mom's backgrounds for our photos. <laughs> nice. So she came and took her photo in front of our Christmas tree. Nice. <laughs> that's cute yeah Doris she's just what? a sweet old lady What's her, Doris Hayward Hayward yeah it's like I like your tree mm-hmm. I'm gonna come <laughs> over and get my picture in front of it it's like how do you say no I mean, to that you, yeah. you don't you don't yeah exactly no you just let her in mm-hmm. yeah that's cool what about you Alex um well like I've always just been at at church like ever since I can remember but uh Troy Miller was really the one that like like solidified my church career or whatever. Um yeah. I just remember um, the start of your walk, we'll say. Yeah, I say. Um and like youth group with Chris Morgan and all those guys. That was it was just like a really, really fun time to be at church. And that's that's really what what made me realize that there's there's some more there's something to church and there's more and then Troy helped me realize that there's more to it than just the just the fun stuff so and then going to like apex the retreats and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and all that just really locked it in and haven't been the same ever since you had a time away though college uh end of high school through college was i away towards the end of high school yeah, I, I mean, like, you had, like, like, kind of like you petered out out of the church sphere, and okay, I, I just remember you exploring stuff. Yeah, for others. a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, but um, even whenever I went to college, I would uh, I was also like I got pulled into being the pianist for the chapel mm. at at my college. So I'd like party hard Friday, Saturday night, and then I go to church on Sunday every every weekend. So it was like. God always kept his kept his hand on me, like no matter what I was doing. And then mm-hmm. whenever I came back, Kevin Jenkins was the one that pulled me back into the praise band. And then 
Yeah. Now you're just on fire. Yep. On fire. In a good way. Yep. Yes, sir. I would say for me, like obviously my parents got me to start going to church and stuff like that. Um, we didn't really start fully attending until I was in either third or fourth grade when I started attending like regularly. Before that, we were Creasters. Uh, we went to a church out in Hookstown. And then uh, I think like some of Jess's friends went to the church and stuff like that, got her to start going to youth group. And then it was like we always went to VBS there. I think my parents kind of realized that like <clears throat> there was a good youth and children's ministry there. And like especially me, I was so overly involved with baseball. I think they knew that I needed that balance yeah. of like something <clears throat> positive. Not that baseball wasn't positive. But, you know, it's like, like a different type of positivity. Yeah, positive spiritually. Yeah. Because um, before then, you know, you don't really get much from sermons and stuff like that. Whenever you're a kid just going twice a year. Right. <laughs> Maybe three yeah. times a year if you're like feeling froggy. You're like, oh, let's go. So I would say like that's what got me started. And then from there, man, I don't know. I would say like Troy had a big part. Mm-hmm. Then the two of you had a big part as well for like me like getting involved into the Bible studies and stuff yeah. like that. Then of course like Gary Bloom and Gene, on Gary Tony. Bloom, oh my yeah, goodness. both had Gene huge too. parts. Yeah, Gary Bloom, oh gosh, such a such an awesome soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was hard. Never that, he that passed. was a very hard passing. Yeah, suddenly too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was only like mid fifties, I think. Yeah, I and correctly. he was he was like on fire too. Like he was like doing so much good stuff, and all of a sudden. Mm-hmm ripped out of but yeah, yeah he was god he was has a awesome. plan though yeah but i would definitely say that and it was like and then like kevin took a pretty big part of that once i hit like high school too he was the one that like really pushed me to start attending bible studies and stuff like yeah. that uh-huh. um i would say still to this day i think my favorite bible study we ever did was revelation we took a whole summer and did revelation and he led that one that was after his senior Kevin year of high that? school. Mm-hmm. Nice. That was after his senior year of high school. That was like one of those ones that was just, wow. Holy mm. crap. You know, like we had all pre-read and then like discuss what we thought. Not yeah. a single person agreed. Yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> but everyone brings up really good points and I see how they say that. Um, so I think that had a big part. But um, I still remember like the day that it hit me. Um we had we were swimming over at my aunt Karen's house. Then we had like a special Bible study that night, and it was just like a a worship and feet washing night. I remember we were all That's just cool. like it was just Troy Miller up there playing acoustic, softly singing, and we all just kind of like took turns like praying together and like washing each other's feet. And that was the night it hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say I was sixth or seventh grade for that one, and yeah. like it was just. From then on out, I didn't really want to miss youth group for a long time. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. there was times where you're like, I don't want to go anymore. But then you still push yourself because you knew, you know, there's good things that come from it. Right. <clears throat> but that's whenever I really started, like, I want to do Bible study and stuff like that. And sadly, I got away from that for a couple of years here. But I'm glad I'm starting to get back into it. Nice. Yeah, I remember I had, like, a breakdown moment at a Apex conference where it was just like i was just like 
overcome with Holy Spirit and was just just like weeping. And it was like at that moment was like that was one of the the biggest moments where I felt like the raw power of God and of his presence and what he can do in like everyone else's life that was like experiencing similar things in mine and I was just like overwhelmed by it. I was probably I was maybe um ninth grade maybe. Hmm. So that was just a profound moment for me. Now what was Apex? I don't think they had that whenever I was there. It was uh it was a just like a medium sized conference in Was it kind of like Spark? What's Spark? Chad, you went to Spark. Was it similar to that? Spark is a youth retreat um, that happens in the, it's like a weekend um, for the Western Pennsylvania Methodist Conference. Okay. Yeah, this would be similar probably. It's just kind of an okay thing. Uh, what was the mission trip that they did? Youth for Missions was also through the, the conference. Those were good. Did you guys ever do the uh, thirty hour famines? Yeah, I did a couple yeah. of those. I have a couple scars from those bad boys. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, it's some messed up eyes for a while too. Uh, yeah, literally, I <laughs> I broke the orbital bone on my face on one of them, off of uh, Annette Sprankle's head, who's a tiny, <laughs> tiny little I don't even know ten year old that just like wrecked my face. <laughs> <laughs> and then we weren't allowed to play aliens in the church for a couple years. Yeah, I was. Yep. Yeah, was that Chris, the? Wasn't that the same year that Chris was trying to make everyone sleep outside in cardboard boxes? That was the next. And then year. there was a like crazy <laughs> oh, no. rainstorm. Yeah, no, yeah, it was that year because <laughs> I was like, I was like, Chris, I need to sleep inside because my face is like swollen, <laughs> completely like shut. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you, yeah, you probably should. Which hindsight, I probably should have gone home. Definitely should. Yeah, but then like, yeah, I would think so. My mom came the next day to the to church, and like, I was up there, like, (laughs) my face just all (laughs) swollen. She was like, she was like, Alex, what happened? You're like, oh, nothing. I was just like, I broke my face. I hit my face off of a girl's head, (laughs) (laughs) and then I went to the hospital, and sure enough, I break my orbital bone. What do they do for that? Nothing. It's just they're like, it'll fix. Yeah, it was it was just like a hairline fracture. Mm. Put a cast on it, just cover his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally sealed. For the longest time, then there was that one, like, glass window pane that was cracked for the longest of times. Yeah. Well, the the one was totally shattered because I had three pieces of it in my body. With Yeah. I had to get 14 stitches because of that one. Mm-hmm. It uh, actually cut two major arteries. And they said if I if I didn't get to the hospital within like ten minutes of when I did, I would have passed out and started to bleed out. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So, jeez. Now I really understand why we weren't allowed to play the aliens. <laughs> yeah. And then the the next very next year, Callie Wallace uh, fell down the steps and broke her arm playing mm-hmm. aliens. So that's when it was totally officially. I guess cut for out. people that don't know what aliens is, it's very similar to release, except for you have a weapon as well that can kill the people who are it. Yeah. And so our church would play it in our church, but turn out all <laughs> the lights, yeah. all the lights. So we played it at church. Flash, flash it's tag in the dark with in weapons. a furnished building. With people that are overly competitive going full tilt sprinting. Yeah. Yeah. With multiple floors. Yeah. yeah. I remember and we would like have them unlock all the B rooms and everything too. Like 
yeah. everything was unlocked. Like, and there was almost nothing out of bounds except for like the front of the sanctuary and the <laughs> the like whole like bottom floor and actually most of the second floor was all just like concrete floors. So or hard like, linoleum. Yeah, yeah. So the hard linoleum or like concrete. Yeah, there was no so, forgiveness. No. <laughs> the fact that more people survived. Yeah. Is impressive. <laughs> and the fact that the church didn't like burn down. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Because like that's, that's just middle school and high school kids mm-hmm. in full chaos mode. Yeah, just being rowdy. Yeah. I can't remember if I was still in a high school for this or if it was when I was like a leader in college. Um, but we did aliens at the church again, and me and Brad Jenkins would walk around with that big baby mask on, mm-hmm. and I had my Bluetooth speaker of just like this whining, crying baby. Oh, that's terrifying! And then we would set up TVs with just like static yep. playing uh. <laughs> to give a little bit of illumination through the halls. That, that is were super terrifying. Dark. Oh yeah, Brandon. I, I kind of want to go back to what Chad said though. You said you were survive. You were surprised about how many people survived. Oh yeah, um, dude, you're running. How full many tilt did we lose? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like that's the thing. Like, but we were Chad's over there. Like, nobody survived. Like, I remember unscathed. who we lost. Let's no, nobody died. Of silence. And I mean, I was probably a casualty. I would say <laughs> you were the, almost probably the closest. Yeah, but like that, there weren't more injuries that were that serious, other than like normal bumps and bruises. Yeah. Like yeah, like definitely would have expected more broken bones. I mean, like yeah, you're going from like the lobby of the church, and like some kids are like skipping all the stairs down to fellowship hall. Like uh-huh. they're just eating down ten, uh-huh. ten plus stairs because they're like, I don't want to get caught. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> legs, the legs break. Especially like and whenever the... the pop machines used to be down there, you uh-huh. just use that to bounce off and keep running. And then the places <laughs> people would find to hide. Yeah, like above All the, the sanctuary. And, yeah, <laughs> I remember. Which I, is incredibly dangerous. I've I remember I lifted there. someone up into the like. So if you're sitting up in the balcony, there's like that like little three by three door. Mm. Yeah, I would lift people up and put them inside of that. So and then they would crawl. So they're like in the ceiling of the sanctuary. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. that's not okay. <laughs> no, we definitely should have not done that. Yeah, I'm that's just probably glad, not cool. I'm just glad that nobody <laughs> tried to like go hide up in the steeple. That's an option. Well, no, it's not an option, but you can get. <laughs> I definitely would have tried that. You can get Wait. in there from this second floor. There might be oh, somebody still right. up there. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> just like, no, you I just never found there's, them. There's, there's a ton of bird poop up there, I promise you. I swear I'll get down one day. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never find me. Surviving on rainwater and pigeons. <laughs> no, they're the ones who get all the extra communion. <laughs> Grab right? like a flying pigeon with their hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, someone from the church knows they're up there. They get all the extra communion bread and grape juice. It's the only time <laughs> they get to eat <laughs> rations. Were you told? But they're gonna win tangent, the game. But were you ever told um, uh, of the sub basement? What? Yes, but I don't remember much from it. It's not an actual thing. Oh, really? Unsurprisingly. Yeah, I didn't think so, but. I remember there's being a, told that whenever I was in like middle school. There's a little nook in the back of one of the uh, closets in Fellowship Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there's just a bunch of paint cans stored there, but it looks like it's a staircase that goes down further. It oh really yeah, does. I've seen that. Yeah, and it. Yeah. Someone I don't remember who, but someone would spread the rumor that the church had a haunted sub basement. 
I remember uh, investigating that during a spaghetti dinner one time. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Wait, like in the middle of the dinner or like after when we're all cleaning up? It was just during the middle of it. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. Yeah. Different note. Where do you guys feel the closest to God? When I'm worshiping, like playing guitar on, on stage for me. I would say for me, it's a close between like worship whether i'm a part of the like worship team or just like partaking in the worship that day but i would say no i am gonna say definitely like whenever i'm out hunting like by myself Mm -hmm. like just up in a tree stand especially like during the fall you know it's just so peaceful you have a lot of time to reflect you know you're sitting in that tree stand for sometimes eight plus hours yeah you can't just be on your phone the whole time you know, yeah. and you, you sit there and you reflect about a lot of things and you just get to see nature and I don't know. You just get to see like how beautiful of a creation nature is. Yeah. But then at the same time, like you get a lot of time to think and yeah, stuff like that. I think that's nice. definitely like my number one. When I, oh, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> When I take time for intentional prayer and uh, reading, which I don't do very often, um, but the closest that I feel is is definitely when I when I put that time aside. Um, on occasion, I'll do, uh, you know, short. Um, uh, bouts of fasting mm-hmm. and in the midst of doing that uh, I'll go to the church's prayer room and I'll just spend a couple of hours in there nice yeah. I'll just open to a random spot read um, take notes about what I'm reading and what I'm thinking and out of that comes a very genuine and very inward conversation with God yeah. and those are those are very powerful and, and wonderful moments. Um, the first one that I did came at a crisis of, I don't want to say a crisis of faith, but it was a moment uh, in the middle of a worship service, sadly enough, where I, from the, the deepest parts of my being, I, I want to say my soul, but I don't think that that's deep enough. Like, wherever the, the core essence of me resides, mm-hmm. it felt physically separated and distant from God. And it, it hurt. And it, it made me feel sick. And it was it's something that I can't, like, genuinely put words to to express what it was. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that I could think to do is go pray, go read, fast. I, I, I was I was at a loss. So I just, I did mm-hmm. all of the things that I don't typically do that are associated with a life of faith. Um, that was a two and a half day fast. Wow. 
Yeah, I I, I literally I, felt I like broken it. in half. It was terrible. Um, so I would implore anybody that wants to try a fast and try intentional prayer and reading in that in that way, uh, do it before you get to a point of feeling that terrible, because <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. not fun. Uh, but the outcome is just incredible. Um, yeah. Somebody once told me, uh, it's actually at a game dinner. Um, he said, sometimes you have to hit that rock bottom so that you know which way is up. Mm -hmm. Right. Otherwise you're just free floating in water. You don't know which way is up, down, left, right. So yeah. Sometimes you have to hit that point. Yeah. Yeah. I have another random time that uh, I feel really close to God. And it's whenever I'm driving down the highway and I see like a car accident or something like that. Hmm. And like I like every time I pray for the family, pray for like the circumstance and that they find peace and find whatever they need to get through that. And that's something that like I always feel like whenever I do that, God like sends me like a feeling like I'm hearing your prayer. It's like one of a, a more powerful times that when I actually feel a physical reaction to praying, I think it's because that's one of what's one of the things in in my life that I um, have like chosen to do. That's like totally not for myself. It's just like a hundred percent like to try to help, you know? So that's definitely a time that God, I feel uh, hears me. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I definitely feel like those type of prayers are whenever you, like, fully negate the saying thank you for the things that you're appreciative right, of right, or, right. like, asking for them to watch over things that specifically are for you or, like, accommodate you or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just truly, like, I know what you mean. You get that feeling of, like, God's like, I hear you. I got you. Yeah. It's, like, almost like as you're taking yourself out of the equation, it's, like, because like God is not really about us. God is about all of us. God mm -hmm. is about right. love and life and happiness and so yeah, that's cool. Since we're talking about prayer, can I just say how cathartic it is to be able to yell at God sometimes? Yeah, mm. just how good that can feel. What do you mean? Like in what context? In the context of something maybe terrible is going on. It doesn't even have to be like terrible for you in your immediate sphere of life, but just mm -hmm. in general. And to just be able to, to go to God in prayer and be like, what it's, what's going on? Do you not care? Do you not see this? Are you not hearing anybody? Like just to be able to, to take, whatever is pent up inside or whatever kind of has you flustered and frustrated from around you yeah. and to be able to direct that to God and then like start a conversation that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's some of my deeper prayers start that way. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Whether then you I'm, feel the enlightenment and you're like, Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Like, Cause I it, can't believe I just said that. Yeah. Well, no, like it's not like a, it's not like a, a reflective thing of like, Oh wait, I'm, I shouldn't be yelling at God. It's like I'm actually giving up something that frustrates me, something gotcha. that is weighing down my heart and, and my soul. And and then the 
the conversation and then the time reading scripture after that. Um, it's like a full, a full conversation. And it's, I don't know. I just kind of want to say that like, it's okay to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because in like, some ways you're it, not just, you're not like yelling at him. You're pretty much just giving yourself fully to however you feel. Right. Yeah. It, you're it's you're like, being vulnerable, open, and just letting him receive whatever. Yeah. Whatever's coming out. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's venting. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's okay to do sometimes. Yeah. You know, um, good growth and conversation can come out of that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, if we're doing if we're doing things right as the church as Christians we we should be there to help like mm-hmm. part of part of God's response to someone like that's going through that should be to have somebody in the church attentive and available and paying attention enough to, to say hey are you having a bad day can mm-hmm. we talk can i can i pray with you can i can I sit in this mess with you for a bit? Yeah. We don't do that very well. Mm. We we tend to fail upwards quite extravagantly as a church. Can I tell you just um that's that's something I really like about where I work is um like the brotherhood that's there. Mm. Man, you have somebody that just seems a little bit off. There is not a single person in that place that won't go, Hey man, you okay? Yeah, that's kind of my work too, is like that. Like it's like all joking, like kind of goes aside. You just kind of take them aside. You're like, "Hey, man, you okay?" Everyone does it. There's like thirty of us. It's yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's good. I think the crazy thing is like I even like there's a select few people like in my workplace I actually talk to mm-hmm. like in side chats. Like I work completely remote, never physically talking to other people other than like the people who are calling in to our work. Mm-hmm. So like actually talking to colleagues just doesn't happen. So, like, it's always started off with, like, a random conversation in our huge group chat with 40 people. You start a conversation, and then you're like, okay, let's just take this to, like, direct messages. And it's crazy how you can just, like, pick up on the cues of, like, people are just not responding the same just via the text message. And you're like, are you good? Mm-hmm. And then, like, mm-hmm. they're like, actually, you know, sh- yeah. stuff's been going on. And you're like, all right, well, like, we'll take lunch to the same time today. Call me. And yeah. stuff like that and like being able to have that that's like what you just said it, having that brotherhood is crazy and it's also very important right mm-hmm. it is yeah we're we're definitely not meant to do life by ourselves alone right right we're meant to do it with other people mm-hmm. you know a lot of people genuinely care too yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. It, yeah a lot of good people out there i think there's a lot more people than most people realize that there are that actually care about them that will do anything for them. That's what I learned when I, when I got into this, this place that I work now, it's like, man, I, I didn't know that everyone here actually kind of cares. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on the, on the opposite side, it's also people care a lot less whenever you mess up than you, mm-hmm. you feel like they do. Like you think like, Oh, I'm such a failure. But then like, people that love you are always going to be like, no, you're not. You're just 
Stop oh, being yeah. stupid. Stop being stupid. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. definitely the kind of person that, like, any small mistake of mine is, like, the end of the world. Yeah. To yeah. me, like, inside, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man. No like one's ever going to look thing. at me the same. No one's going to, you know. I get, it's, it's all done. It's over. <laughs> it's like it's hard to let those go. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you do the most minor inconvenience for yourself. doesn't mess anyone else up. But you just mess up one part of your own job, and you're like, they're gonna fire me. They oh, yeah. should. It's I don't des- des- deserve to be employed by this place anymore. I messed <laughs> up, and they're like, well, what'd you mess up? And you're like, nothing. <laughs> and it's like something like so dumb that you probably do thirty times a day, and you messed it up the one time. And your boss is like, I don't care. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, Billy Joe over there messed it up twelve times a day. You're all right. I'm so glad that like those kinds of small mistakes don't get someone fired. Right? Because if they did, the amount of times that I misspelled stuff <laughs> going on the slides for worship on the weekend. I have, a lot. I have a lot. That. <laughs> oh, a man. lot of times. I would be so out of a job. So fast. <laughs> I've gotten better, though. Oh, yeah. Spell check. Better keyboard. Better keyboard. Yeah. So it was it was the hardware, not the software. Uh, column A, column B. I see. Of equal amounts. I see. I see. Yeah. I've learned just just be honest with your mistakes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honest it's when you start lying and yeah, that that's that's when you get into trouble, right? When people can't trust you. That's yeah, hundred percent. Someone will take an honest person that they can trust that doesn't perform as well over someone who performs exceptionally well but they can't trust. Exactly. Right. Over their hundred percent of the time. Hands down. Hundred yeah. percent of the time. I want the honest person. Because you can work For with sure. the honest person. You yeah. know what their strengths are. Why? Because they probably tell you what they're really bad at. Uh-huh. And you're like, okay, well we have someone else who's really good at that part. We have that yeah. covered. Then you have the person that's good at everything, but you're like, man, like you know, we don't know if he's actually working or stuff like that. Yeah, or can't trust him. Yep. Yeah. Even like think of it like if you would would you rather go to go into a business endeavor with your best friend or with someone who you just met on the street? Who's going to be more likely to screw you over in business endeavor? Right. Person on the street. Well, I mean, it could go either way. <laughs> it could go either <laughs> way. Depending on, depending on <laughs> who your best friend is. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Getting into business with your friend that'd be tough. Yeah. That'd be tough. I mean, as much as you would want to, I feel like depends on the business. Like, I think a small business, yes. Yeah. If you're trying to make a big business, like, I think there could be too many things that could like occur to where you could like. You want to get mess up that friendship out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, me and Cam, like our our business, Sun County. It's like that's that was that's if that's something that's coming from God. So that that also the. What you're doing makes a big difference. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Obvi- what I what I was saying obviously isn't you know, a hundred percent either. Right. No. Mm-hmm. Just cool. That was a good talk. Yeah, yeah, this was a good talk. Thank thank you for coming uh, on the walk, and talk, and walk talk it drop it, walk it talk it. Turn around it. and poke it, dot it, and smock it. <laughs> Put it in your pocket. <laughs> walk it like a pocket. Hot pockets. Hot pockets. A foolish endeavor is hosted by Alex Castile, Dom Fontaine, Chad Lewis, and yours truly, Jake Rakovich. 
Music is provided by EpidemicSound.com. This has been Season 2, Episode 2 of A Foolish Endeavor. Hit us up on Instagram at foolish underscore endeavor underscore podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us on a little bit of a more deeper topic than usual. But we hope you enjoyed partaking in our conversation of our faith journeys. Happy Easter from your favorite podcasters, hopefully. You can find us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and YouTube at Foolish Endeavor Podcast. Hot Pockets. They're always lava or cold. They are lava or cold. There's no happy medium. Yeah, there's no. I found that you no just have time. to overcook and know it's all lava and give it 10 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> exactly. Cook like it till it's lava. To, yeah, you just have to give it like sit to it. You know your cook time bat. is it is still only gonna be three minutes, but until eat time is still like thirteen to fifteen oh, minutes yeah. from start. It's you fine. know they're like done in three minutes. No, you're like oh it's <laughs> yeah. done all right, but I won't feel my mouth. Yeah, it's done. It's the temperature <laughs> of the sun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but actually, but I can't wor- eat it. Worse than those, I think, is uh the little. Pizza rolls. Oh yeah, pizza oh, rolls yeah. are molten little bite-sized. Lava. Well, that's the thing too. You take a bite and it'll like and it just splatter onto your mouth, destroys your like just your lip. Yeah, your lip or like sometimes it'll like splatter on your cheek and it's just yeah. burn. Yeah, and it's it's third like degree third burn. degree. Seriously, yeah. man, it's like seriously <laughs> hot. <laughs> yeah, and and it, yeah, those are I've had some some ties with that. I actually got um uh actual I I don't know if it's third degree but it was like a visible like blister from whatever i was eating a um like a what's what they call uh personal pizza thing and i and the i bit it and the cheese slid out and went all down my chin and i had no beard and just like there was i I had a big red circle on my face for like a solid wow i think your food was too hot yeah i think yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think it was too hot bud yeah i probably should